Dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space, CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some Blunt Business with your host, Thanks for joining us here on Blunt Business here on CannabisRadio.com. Uh, back, back in the saddle after a little bit of time away. I know we've had quite a few interviews that were in the can. And back just recently, Cannabis Radio was attending the 2020 Benzinga Cannabis Capital Conference. And, and by the way, if you haven't had a chance to hear about our coverage, we have been putting up coverage at CannabisRadio.com in our grassroots marketing section. You can actually find... All of our, a lot of interviews that we did at the show, talking about some really great people there, and a lot of new names we haven't had a chance to, the pleasure to get to talk to. And also, I want to direct you to Plant Profits, another one of our shows hosted by Vern Davis of Protus Global, People Solutions. Uh, Vern spoke with a lot of great names there. I spoke with Jessica Billingsley of Akerna, uh, Sherry Ostro, who is with uh, Amer- so with, uh, Emeritus Holdings, also part of the Marijuana Policy Project. Um, and we also talked to Peter Vogel, the CEO of uh, LeafWire, and so many others. And great interviews you can find that are going to be going up over the next month or so through the month of March over at Plant Profits. So look forward to right here at CannabisRe.com and wherever you find your shows. But now the blunt business side, we have to go and do our part to talk to those that we've met at a great conference of Benzinga 2020 in Miami, the Fountain Blue Hilton. It's going to be the Fountain Blue. It used to be a part of the Hilton, but it's not anymore. But a fabulous hotel, if you haven't been. Uh, pretty good, uh, quite a good turnout. Very, uh, it was an intimate setting, lush, tropical environment, and a lot of interesting names coming down. One of those we got the chance to meet with is my next guest. He's an executive with experience in a range of industries, but specializing in biotechnology. And he's been involved in several successful startups over the past few years and has been involved in several other projects as a management consultant. He is the CEO of Avicana, A-V-I-C-A-N-N-A. I'm here with the CEO, Aris Azadian. Aris, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. My pleasure. So let me go ahead and let people know about Avicana. It's a multinational, innovation-focused cannabis company based out of Toronto. Or Toronto, I know everybody says it like that, right? So our team are especially at the 2020 Benzinga Cannabis Capital Conference, and you spoke to the to this group about the lack of separation between the medical and adult use industries. So give me a couple of takeaways that you wanted to make sure the attendees got from your presentation. Uh, yeah, well, thanks for that opportunity. And, I, I, you know, I, I'm going to take a step back and say, you know, we're, we're in the first or second inning of, of really the, this new industry. And it's a chaotic time, but it's an exciting time. And I think I often get question, questions around what I think the size of the cannabis market is or what the potential of the cannabis market is. And I think it's infinity because I don't think cannabis on its own is one market. I think it, it's a function of or has place in various segments and various uh, industries and various markets. So now, before you jump uh, in forward, ours, do you feel yeah. like it's first or second inning only because because we're waiting for certain players to make it into the space? So when the United States is able to fully function in some way, whether the States Act or a federal legalization act comes into play, once they come in and become a major player, do you think that's when we step into 
of full, we're fully into the, into this industry and it's off and running. I think we're, we're that, that's certainly a factor and that's certainly going to be one of the major catalysts for the evolution of the industry. But even if not, uh, that even if that pathway is not taken, I think other developed countries such as Canada or the European Union uh, are progressing and are evolving the sector. The reason why I say we're in the earlier stages is because still the quality, the standardization, the, the amount of research methodology that's gone into not just medical. Medical, we're not even in the first inning yet. You know, I think medical, we're, we're in preseason, to be honest with you. But on, on, even in the adults' use, I think the lack of standardization, the lack of real brands, the lack of quality testing, the lack of regulations, the lack of adoption globally, we're at year four, five, six of this industry. And I think it's one that's never going to go away. So we've had already a, a roller coaster of a ride within the sector, but we're, we're still in very, very early stages. And I can, I can, I understand where you're coming from there, but also I think for when it comes to medical, I mean, it's lack of research. We're, we're such, in such a spot right now. We, it comes to not even where it's just cannabis. I mean, if we're able to go and just do work with the plant here without the dealing with the FDA or now the DEA now becoming involved, where just having the chance to go ahead and prove positive to those that are trying to be a naysayers or, and to also just be able to go ahead and leverage the policymakers to see and see it our way because we are in the right with this discussion. And I think also one thing is that there is not a lot of cohesion between medical and and adult use for whatever reason. Is there anything that you feel like you, when you perceive what's happening now, when it comes to in Canada, which is such a great testing ground, why do you think it is that we have a little, so much separation anyway? So, so I think the originally the medical medical was legalized federally here, which which gave companies like ours an opportunity to do that research that you guys are not permitted to do in the U.S. Right. Generally speaking, so we I'm inside of the Faculty of Pharmacy of the University of Toronto, which is the most important academic institution here. So we are doing real research, we are doing real preclinical, um, but at the same time, medical was approved, and it was really recreational or adult users or wellness users that were going to their doctors and saying, Hey, I have trouble sleeping or I have back pain or whatever, really to get legal access to smoke cannabis. And I think that was always adult use. And 90% of those people were probably not patients, but people that, you know, enjoyed or benefited from, from cannabis. I think the separation that we need to have is the actual pharmaceutical or medical efficacy that cannabinoids can provide to naive patients. So to a, to a non-cannabis user that isn't typically smoking it and now has found a legal way to do it, but for someone that doesn't know how to solve their issues with sleep or someone that is getting home from a late day at work and, and wants a solution to help them with their anxiety and depression. And I think that kind of product has, had not been available. And part of our objective, and we're commercializing our products next month, with the largest pharmacy chain in Canada is to provide those type of products. And now, what I want separates... to ask you this. I think well, you make yeah. a great point here because here's the thing. Because you do have people that want to go ahead and say, on the medical side, you know, cannabis should be treated as a medicine, as a, as a component that's either not necessarily heal, but to help and to help people cope and really. And then the other side is an imbibing. It's, it's going to be treated like an alcohol or a tobacco. And that's the other side of the coin. In your conversation, I don't know if this is something that was brought up, but is there a way, do you think there should be much more of a fusion between both sides and more companies, cannabis companies should actually look at things where, I mean, should one side side over the other or can we have a cohesive unit where 
cannabis can be served in different ways as an imbibing component or as a healing component or as a um, something that can help people in, in a medical sense. So, so I think there's an in-between, right? That's your wellness sort of healing aspect. But, but I think it needs I, to be well-defined. I think that's – I think yeah. you bring up a great point. It's not well-defined. It's not. And, and I would tell you, I think, I think first you have to really separate the adult use from the medical pharmaceutical applications. And what I mean by that is on the pharmaceutical side, you're talking about non-inhalation deliveries. You're talking about dose-controlled. You're talking about products that you know, are not designed to get you super high right away rather more sustained release and to stay within sort of the drug uh, loading levels. And I think once that's in place uh, a little bit more fundamentally, then you can start having the in-betweens, which is the type of products that are still inhalation free, that are still dosed, but, and still taste good, but it's not only if you have palliative care, but also right. for someone that just simply wants to, when they get home, they want to have a couple of sprays from the sublingual spray, which is, you know, kind of similar to the feeling of smoking a little bit or inhaling a little bit, but yet they don't smell like cannabis and they don't have the negative parts of inhalation or combustion that is associated. So there's really, yeah, there is an in-between. And I think what's been neglected so far in the market on the, like I think the, the historic cannabis users um, have, are now have tons of options in the U.S. market, have tons of options in the Canadian market. Um, the pharmaceutical patients that may benefit from it have been to some extent neglected you know, the kind of dose, dose control products that are more, you know, friendly to the doctors or more, that doctors are more susceptible to prescribing or patients are more susceptible to using naive patients, I'm talking about, not cannabis. Users. I think they've been neglected to some extent. And I think on the wellness side, again, uh, in the in-between world, let's say, again, it's the male dominant kind of people that are familiar with cannabis that have tons of options. But where is the options for the soccer mom? that just has had a long day, you know, where, and, and where's the options for the older gentleman that, you know, is, was not a cannabis user, but may benefit from it to, to right. deal with his sleep issues or stress issues or whatever. And I think they've been neglected. Um, and I call them the naive users. And a lot of our strategy on the pharma side is to, to educate and train the naive doctors to prescribe for the naive patients, but also to offer our products to the naive users that could mm -hmm. benefit from it without the need to walk into a dispensary or the need to smoke a joint, you know, right. that's, that's what we're trying to provide. Let me go and move along now. I want to get back into your presentation of Bazinga. Now you told the crowd there at the show, quote, a significant amount of research has gone into producing varied products. End quote. You said that Avocana is now moving grower operations to Columbia. Cannabis Business Times reported that, quote, international cannabis companies are rushing to Columbia, attracted by the country's relatively re advanced regulation, beefed up security, cheap production costs, and perfect weather conditions, with many companies already anticipating growing exports of medical cannabis beginning this year, end quote. Talk to me about the Columbia market. That summer thing will be a world leader in cannabis in a few years. Yeah, and, and, and I'm, I'm a fond believer of that. Uh, remember, we're a Canadian company first, R&D for five years. We've been growing for three. So we decided that we need to become vertically integrated to control the quality of the, of the raw materials that goes into our products. And instead of doing a lot, what a lot of our peers did, which is grow in Canada, I, I decided to get on the road and go see what's the best place to grow. Uh, my conclusion was Columbia. I've been proven right by a lot of means. Uh, the environment, the temperature, consistent hours of sunlight all year round 
consistent humidity, dry humidity levels and uh, warm temperatures allows us to cultivate. Uh, we've had about 40 harvests. We, we have a massive facility, 500,000 square feet, various greenhouses and shade house models, some outdoor uh, and all the crops do very, very well all year round. Uh, we, we grow THC dominant, CBG dominant, CBD dominant crops at a fraction of the cost. We're talking four to five cents a gram uh, versus obviously the Canadian U.S. cost. So we're seeing the environmental benefits of being there. Um, if you've seen video clips of our operations, it's online. You'll see that we don't have air conditioners and fans and, and CO2 pumps and, and lights in our greenhouses because they're not necessary. We're in the right environment. So because we're in the right environment, our cost is substantially lower. Colombia also has created a fundamentally strong base to, to become an exporter. Colombia's cannabis sector was built on an economic policy rather than you know, what happened in Canada, which was the patients suing the Canadian government for access to cannabis. So it's built that way. It's a tough process to go through. The registration of licenses, then characterization, evaluation of, of cultivars, uh, the COVID process to be able to grow THC under the United Nations Convention of Narcotics. It's a tough process, but long term, companies like us that have done the homework will benefit from organic, sustainable, low cost, higher quality, more consistent cannabinoids that we can not only obviously produce and sell there, but to export. And because of our cost and quality advantages, I think long term, Colombia will be the garden for this industry. And we've done quite a bit of discussions about Colombia here on Blunt Business. And I'll tell you, I, I see where it's going. And it's a smart move. They're Ecuador making their changes as well. It's yep. necessary. I mean, it's, it's, the environment is so key. And I'll say, you know, Colombia, when you think about, well, if they grow great coffee beans, they must grow great cannabis down there. So <laughs> just imagine. And, and flour, bananas, everything oh, else. I mean, they're, it's a great place to grow. Well, let me go and move along. Uh, again, I'm with Aris Azadian, the CEO of Avicana, A-V-I-C-A-N-N-A. -N -N -A, and look for the website, A-V-I-C-A-N-N-A.com. You can look at all the information about it. Also see a video, like you were saying, on the website, you can see a video about what you're doing in Colombia in the uh, greenhouses or the uh, grows areas, correct? Absolutely, yeah. There we go. So we'll point people to that while we go to commercial. We'll be back with Aris Azadian of Avicana after this. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. The cannabis industry is evolving at a radical pace, progressing toward the green peak. Each week, join Richard Zwicky, a cannabis visionary and entrepreneur, as he interviews experts from around the globe to discuss updates and evolutions in the world of cannabis. The, the green, green Peak, peak. with Richard Zwicky. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him pink, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Dazed and infused. 
Join sugar industry expert Latham Woodward for a happier hour each week for a lively and often hilarious discussion on the infusion of cannabis into food, beverages, and life. Explore exciting new culinary landscape trends with fascinating friends and guests who are leading the industry into the uncharted mainstream. Discover curated menus, enhanced cocktails, and live tastings. Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. I'm joined by Ava Khanna, CEO, Aris Azadian here on Blunt Business. Aris, Health Canada granted Ava Khanna a research license that will allow you to perform research and intellectual property development on cannabinoids at your facility in Toronto. Now, it allows Avacana to import active pharmaceutical ingredients into Canada from the company's own subsidiary facilities in Colombia, which I see you have a couple in Bogota and Santa Marta. Uh, now, talk to me about this opportunity and what progress have you made in research development with this access? Great. Yeah, so originally the, we, we did a lot of our R&D inside uh, a lab within something called J-Labs, which is a Johnson & Johnson incubator. Huh. Um, and we've been, we did a lot of, we, I think we're the only cannabis company that's ever been admitted to one, and it's because of our obviously pharmaceutical angle. So we did a lot of our placebo developments so of products without the cannabinoids until we were ready to do the drug loading or the adding of the cannabinoids, uh, which we did across the street inside the Faculty of Pharmacy of University of Toronto. And Prior to having a cannabis research license, uh, we were functioning under a Section 56 exemption, which was a, spe a special license that allowed us to do cannabis product development. Um, so that has now evolved from a regulatory perspective into cannabis research licenses. We now have one inside our J Labs lab as well, and inside University of Toronto. So there's two licenses that we're utilizing. Um, everything that we develop really comes from there. So this is analytical methodologies to bioanalytical methodologies, which really allows us to test blood levels of humans and animals when we do these clinical trials, um, to formulations that we've developed, optimized. We've done stability testing on formulations that we've put through various in vitro and in vivo models for optimization to understand the delivery and how to enhance that and optimize that. And that's really led to various products that we have now. One easy one is the Pure Earth line, which is our skincare line. All of those products, which is now 10, 11 products, were really developed within that R&D ecosystem. Um, two is our medical line, Roll Fighter Therapeutics, which is capsules, sublingual sprays, tablets, oil drops, etc. All was, again, developed, optimized. Done. We completed a number of preclinical models, including animal trials, to ensure that it is exactly what we wanted to, to be and do what do what it what we wanted to do. Um, and really, that's what was developed there. Our pharmaceutical drugs that are we have two that are in phase two uh, are also developed or were developed within that ecosystem. So really, all of our research and development is done there. But from from a cultivation, extraction, isolation, and then manufacturing perspective, we do the work in Colombia. Excellent. Um, one thing, we're just hoping that the more we can get in research development going on, if it has to be Colombia, if it has to be Israel, the only thing is, you know, we know that the United States, when people can kind of just have the reputation where, oh, if it's in the U.S., we can trust us. And like, you know, we need that to go ahead and battle against the media that's going up against problems. The policymakers are being fed the wrong information. That kind of stuff needs to be put into play. Now, move along with Canada. Motley Fool, Motley Fool, excuse me, they reported that, quote, 
Uh, Canada has been contending with regulatory-based supply issues that have created shortages or bottlenecks. Meanwhile, in the U.S., high tax rates and, a lesser de- and to a lesser degree supply issues have stymied legal channel sales. No matter the problem, it's opened the door for black market producers to thrive. So talk to me, Aris, about the balance of having to direct attention of your business away from your Canada base and into markets like Colombia and most recently in Australia. Yeah, so I, I, I think Canada had a shortage maybe a year ago, uh, but today I think companies are oversupplying the market. Um, we saw, I think today or yesterday, Canopy, uh, which was you know overproducing, shut down, uh, massive greenhouse facilities and layoff, unfortunately, about 500 people. So I think the shortages in the market are substantially gone. There's certainly oversupply. There's way too many people that are producing way too much cannabis. The market is just simply not prepared for it. Um, I think a lot of that is a function of not having enough retailers, distributors, retailer models, which is dispensaries. Um, also, I think there's still on the medical side, a lack of education and adoption by doctors in the medical community. So there, there's various reasons why that I think that oversupply has happened. Uh, but the major factor, I think, is, is cost. You know, and I think the Canadian producers, the 200 or so that are here on average are producing anywhere around a dollar to two dollars a gram by the time that's sold. Uh, that price is, in, in fact, in most cases, more expensive than the illegal or the black market. Now, so, I want to just bring up a few stories. I want to bring up a little more about the Motley Fool story because yeah. I want to just get your take on this because of the fact that if you're saying that, in fact, the, the supply issue has not been so much now, but this is what Motley Fool is actually reporting. I just want to take this for perspective, a little context. Yeah. So they're saying that inventory has been viewed as a positive thing for the industry. And consumer demand would ramp up for a couple of years. Growers would benefit from the ability to export the products overseas. But they're saying that inventory levels represented in dollar amounts on balance sheets would eventually balance out as growers find a healthy equilibrium between supply and the band. So they're talking about that regulatory issues are to blame because, in for instance, Ontario had a mere 24 dispensaries open on the one anniversary mark of adult use. Yep. For context, that's one retail store for every 604,000 people in the province. And then that's what they're talking about with the, the supply chain having an issue. The factors have created where illicit cannabis is attractive with consumers, causing legal inventory to build the potentially dangerous levels. So you yep. think that's actually, we're on the other side of the hill with that? No, no, I actually think that, no, I, I thought the comment was that they're over, they're undersupply. I think there is ah, oversupply. Okay. From an inventory perspective, there's way too many producers producing way too much cannabis, and there. And, and as I alluded earlier, there's an issue with the fact that they can't dispense it. Um, that's certainly a problem. I also think cost is a problem. I think the cost in Canada is so high that by the time these products are offered to the to, to the market, it's still easier from a practical perspective, and it's cheaper for a lot of cannabis users to buy those products from the illegal market. You know, and we're seeing that in, in the U.S. as well. So I think that's the major conflict. I think there's a lot more that Canadian companies, like including ours, can do. Uh, we can provide better products and attract naive patients and, you know, go to the wellness angle, which the illegal market can't. You know, now that we're yes. in Cannabis 2.0, we have better product offerings and vaporizers and gummies and all this fun stuff on the adult use that I think it's more difficult for the illegal market to, to compete with. So we'll see a change of that, but there's still an issue around dispensing. And if dispensing is not brought up to speed immediately in Ontario, a lot of these Canadian companies are going to be in trouble. And that's the problem too, is that when it comes to, we've talked about this with other companies out of Canada, when they were waiting for the regulatory bodies, just to go and start with the gummies and edibles in the space, 
the kind of, you know, 90 day or some more wait period to have the facilities ready to go and only to wait for them to go ahead and get to start using their facilities for production right away. Those kind of things also play into, which, so Health Canada and the governing bodies there, all the respect, they have not helped matters at all up there in Canada. And that's one of the major problems. So I want to go ahead and talk about something called the SAM Corporate Sustainability Assessment. I'm going to bring that up and talk about how Avacana has re- re- really received a prestigious ranking of this assessment. We're going to talk about that after a short break and wrap things up with our Cezadian, the CEO of Avacana here on Blunt Business after this. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with the Plant Profits. Welcome to another episode of Plant Profits. I am Bert Miller, your host. As you guys know, the purpose of this show is to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. Plant Profits, only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Wrapping things up with Aris Azadian, the CEO of Avacana, A-V-I-C-A-N-N-A. And just look for a .com after that. That's how you can find the website as we're talking about this. All the things that are going on when it comes to Canada, biotechnology, research and development with Aris Azadian here, my, my guest on Blunt Business today. So Avacana has been ranked the highest among global cannabis companies in the SAM Corporate Sustainability Assessment. Now, this index family is among the most prestigious benchmarks for investors who recognize sustainability as the key engine of business models to generate long-term shareholder value and have a positive impact on their investments. Talk to me about the importance of this, Aris. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I think at a, at a global level, we versus other companies or pharmaceutical companies, we didn't uh, score that well. And 
because they were in the earlier stages, but relative to the other three companies that, that did go through the assessment, which is GW Pharma, Aurora, and Canopy, we scored substantially higher. Uh, this is actually S&P Global Index on sustainability, and it's a metric that sustainable and sustainably focused investors, institutions actually uh, use as a metric. Um, we believe we did relatively much better than the other companies in the industry because of our practice. I think that the things that are measured there is corporate governance, you know, diversity within teams, management, uh, and more importantly, sustainable and organic practices. So our cultivation methodologies, as I mentioned, really rely on nature and we're in the optimal condition. So we don't use electricity in, in our flowering bays. We are sustainable and organic. And I think a lot of those practices, the reason why we scored so well or scored so much higher than the existing companies that are obviously substantially larger than us. Well, that's really great. Glad to go to hear that you got that all put together and, and really the kind of, uh, really the kind of company that you're with, with Aurora and, and Canopy Growth, which we hear so much about in the news anyway, to be in that, in that right there is really great. So, uh, Aris, again, thank you so much for making join, the join us here on the program. Really do appreciate it. Take a minute to talk to people about if they go to avocana.com, A-V-I-C-A-N-N-A.com, what they'll find out and what they should learn about your company more about what they can do with you. How can they work together? Sure. I mean, uh, we, we are really focused on the end users of this, of, of cannabinoids as medicine. And that's what we've done for, for years and years. And people always think that we're crazy for doing so, but I think you'll find that the approach we're taking towards medicine and the research behind it, which we do publish a lot of it and we do offer a lot of it online and, the kind of product offerings and the symposiums and the courses I think is, is quite educational uh, given specifically that we're focused only on the medical side. We are trying to address more of the concerns and risks associated with adult use, specifically THC, its adverse events, its negative side effects, and the potential risk, for example, for specific patients. So we're taking that approach, and I think that's a very serious approach that's going to help guide and help evolve the, the benefits of cannabinoids as medicine. And yeah, I would pay attention to that and what the companies really offer. Excellent. Aris Hassanian, CEO of Avacana, A-V-I-C-A-N-N-A.com, excuse me, A-V-I-C-A-N-N-A.com. Make sure you go look for that. Thanks for joining us here on Plum Business. Really do appreciate it. And uh, obviously, you know, thanks for being presenter of Benzinga. Glad to have met you in Miami. And let's definitely keep in touch. Let us know what goes on with Colombia and what comes up with Canada. Because obviously, we love our friends in the North. And we want to see everybody do very well. Thanks a lot. No, I appreciate it. And looking forward to staying in touch. Absolutely. So there we go. Thank you all for listening in to another edition of Blunt Business. You can download past episodes in this episode of the program by going to CannabisRadio.com. Remember, go to Apple Podcasts. Please make sure to rate and review this show. We get so many people listening to the show, and it's great. And we want to hear your feedback. We want to hear what you'd like to hear more of here on Blunt Business. So by all means, Give your comments, rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, we're on Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And most importantly, if you want to also email the show and learn more about how you can be on Bump Business or you want to learn more about what we can do to make the show even more entertaining for all of you, by all means, email me, Brasco, B-R-A-S-C-O, at CannabisRadio.com, and we'll leave it there. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you. Thanks for listening.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.